My name is Kevin Tony, and you're now listening to the Uncommon Sense Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Sense Podcast. Today we have a a guest, another guest. I told you guys that I was going to do more guests on the podcast this year, and I'm I'm keeping true to that word. We had uh, recently Shamika Michelle on the show. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, again, I encourage you to go back and check it out. Tonight, I'm glad to have a brother that I saw, uh, I was introduced to on the walkaway debate that took place back in October, uh, right before the election. And um, I was extremely impressed by what this brother had to say. And immediately I said to myself, I have to have a conversation with him. So to all the listeners, I would like to welcome Malik Abdul to the show. Good evening, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, brother. Thank you for having me. That, that, those are very kind words. I don't, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know how much I deserve them, but I totally appreciate it. I really do. Oh, it's, it's, it's definitely well-deserved. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you right away that, you know, because I kind of keep up with, I'll say I'm fairly new to this whole concept of conservatism. And so um, you align with people that, you know, are like-minded. You just kind of try to find your way when you first get in it. And I, you know, found Shamika Michelle. I was familiar with Delano Squires as well. And I knew that the debate was coming up and I knew that I was going to watch it. And, you know, and so um, when they introduced the panelists, I was familiar with Gothics, who was the moderator. And I said, man, Malik Abdul, I said, I never heard of him. I said, this should be good. And as the debate went on and on, it just was kind of like, wow, man, the <laughs> the right panel is crushing the left panel. And it just wasn't it almost wasn't fair, but. I was just impressed, man. I really was. And and immediately, you know, during the debate, I went to go look for your social media and and I said, wow, this is somebody that I need to connect with. So um it was wow. definitely it was definitely we'll a good, yeah. And I'm here. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. So I guess my first question to to start is how did you find yourself in this space? Wow. It was a, it was a, I'll say this, it was a much longer road. Um, I initially, like most, most of us, when I say us, obviously I'm talking about black people. Right. Um, I was a Democrat. I was a lifelong Democrat. I worked on Obama's 2008 campaign you know, I considered myself the founder of the Obama nation. If there was an Obama, <laughs> I was I was the dude. I was that dude from the jump. Like wow. when he said that he was going to announce, I had it was because I was never a Clinton person. So right. under no circumstance was I going to vote for Hillary Clinton. And I was and so everybody that I knew, literally everybody, they were supporting Hillary Clinton. And I didn't have, I didn't, I just personally don't have, didn't have that sort of allegiance to right. the Clintons. Um, and, and so in many ways I rejected them and by default that meant Hillary Clinton. And so um, I, you know, really went hard for Obama, kind of cooled off by 2012, but it was, it was a, a more so an evolution of sorts. And so when I talk about that, I mean the expectations that I had um, or my understanding of, of government and politics and all of this type of stuff, it really um, manifested during mm -hmm. Obama's term because there were a lot of expectations that I, I had of a president. Uh, well, right. not just a president, but a, a black president Right. that ultimately were unrealistic and very actually unfair the expectation that you assume mm -hmm. that because somebody is black that something is going to materially change right in your life because they're in a position of power and so i started to look at government differently um 
And I realized that a lot of the things that I liked, you know, the things that um, he people were criticizing Barack Obama about. And I live I live in Washington, D.C. And I realized the discussions that people have here in Washington, D.C. And with each election, you know, they complain about, you know, they're they're whether it's affordable housing, whether it's crime, whether it's education, property taxes. All of these things that impact us happen at the local level. And so when I started to realize that I live in a place like Washington, D.C., but these are the things that impact me. And so at the presidential level, really not so much. And so I started to embrace certain things like when I realized being um, pro-choice, you know, I started to accept a more pro-life position because I just realized how um how callously people talk about life like mm. i thought it's like but that's a that's a child you know it's like oh well you know it's a fetus it's a clump of cells it's a you know my body my choice and i came i began to um just personally be so uncomfortable with people referring to something that at any other time they're referring to as they're pregnant with a child right. and they never say that i'm pregnant with the with the you know, a fetus. Mm-hmm. They always yeah. say that they, you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a person. It's a, it's a, you know, thing. Right. And you know, when I started looking at just um, social politics, fiscal politics, you know, our like, um, like our fiscal policies and the way that we, you know, being in DC, the the stuff that I see that we spend money on, and I started to embrace what I say. Um, is conservatism in a way that I had shunned because I conservatism was synonymous with the Republican Party. Right. And for me and in my orient my orientation, that's all that was always something negative. Right. And whether right. it's racist, whether it's don't care about this group of people or whatever, it was always associated with something negative. But then I started to you know, I, I started to embrace those things because I began to reject what I was being told about what, you know, um, my expectations of government and not just like the federal government, but like local government. And people were telling me, well, you, you, how are you a Democrat? And I'm like, I've been one all my life ever mm-hmm. since I registered. But so I was kind of, you know, so it was more so an evolution. It wasn't a quick um, you know, it wasn't a quick thing. It wasn't because of a particular person. I started, I, I voted for Bernie Sanders in 2016 in the primary. Mm, okay. I ended up voting for Donald Trump, but I started out in expecting to vote for Jeb Bush. Mm, okay. And Donald Trump ultimately ended up winning. Um, right. So that's how Donald Trump became the first Republican I ever voted for. Yeah, that... I think what's cool about a lot of this is everybody has a different path that they take. And the way you describe how you started to look around at things locally on a local perspective, you know, um, that to me, that's, that's extremely, extremely interesting because I feel like the local part of what we should be paying attention to in government really gets overlooked and overshadowed by what's happening on a federal level because most people are just paying attention to what the president is doing and what you know senators and u.s representatives are fighting about they don't really pay attention to what the mayor is doing what city council is doing what the governor is doing in their state and so it's that that perspective is that's i'm 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 glad to hear you put it that way because it really you know, speaks to how everybody finds a different path. So to go back yeah, to something- and I'll say this, and I'll say this, um, and like mine is not based in any type of um, um, anger. And mm-hmm. anger is not the, the anger is too strong, but you know, I know people who left the Democratic Party and they're mad and they, right. oh, the Democrats, you know, I hate the Democrats, you know, from right. my perspective, you know, uh, as far as I know, I'm the only Republican in my family. Mm. All of my family 
are Democrats. So I don't hate the Democratic Party. I don't hate Democrats. I understand because I was there. Right. And so I understand if you are in, if you grew up in rural West Virginia or Kentucky or Idaho or Iowa, Mm -hmm. chances are you're going to be a Republican. Right. It's, 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 it's that type of thing. And so just like it is with us, you know, most of us are Mm -hmm. Democrat because we grew up around Democrats. Right. And then at some point we make a change, but you know, it's a, it's a, um, but I cut you off. You said you wanted to go No, 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 that's fine. Um, it's, it's, and see, that's, I think uh, what you said, and I'll circle back to, to my question in just a second, but you mentioned the fact that you're not angry. And I think that that's a big misconception, especially where black conservatives are concerned. I think from the conversations that I have when, <clears throat> when I tell somebody that, you know, I don't vote democratically anymore. And I, I had to, I, I tell people that I happily stood in line in 2008 and 2012 to vote for Obama. And it wasn't until halfway through his term that I started to look at things differently. And I, I decided to switch my uh, registration to independent because I didn't think I was Republican, but I knew I didn't really line up with the Democrat, you mm-hmm. know, values. So, um, but when I hear people say that, you know, when I, you know, somebody finds out that you're conservatism, oh, you, you must be, you must have something against black people or you must be angry at them. And it's like, they can't fathom the fact that, no, I just decided to make a change. I wasn't, it wasn't, you know, an emotional decision. It was more of a critical thinking decision. And, and I think that that, that says a lot when, again, it speaks to how everybody finds a different path and how we get, you know, I think conservatives get typecast for we're against, we just hate everything. Now there are some people out there that feel that way. If it's blue, then they're against it. It doesn't matter what it is, but to know that there are people out there who have made, you know, a logical, well thought out decision to say, you know what, I'm looking around my neighborhood, the place where I am every day, and I'm not seeing the results that I think I should be seeing that my local government is doing for me. Let me take a step back and and look at what's happening. Um, but I, 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 to go back to what you said earlier, I wanted to ask you when you you said you started out as you worked on the Obama campaign. What was that like? Um, and when I and I should say I volunteered, mm-hmm, um, right? At work. Um, and what what we ultimately ended up doing, we went throughout I think Virginia, Pennsylvania, um, canvassing for him. But for it was it was a that was the first time that I was ever really excited about politics at mm-hmm. all right it was just it so i was all in i mean yeah. when i say i was all <laughs> in i was all in and hope and change i believed in it si se puede. right you know, I, was, <laughs> I was that dude um but the campaign i mean the, it was a and it was an interesting time because it was just juxtaposed to the hillary clinton campaign mm-hmm. that hated yeah the obama team i mean hated in the stuff i mean it would it had gotten to the point where if they were going to be at an event they if you were on the obama team we could not even wear obama paraphernalia really because they they were just that when i say those hillary people were just that bad i attended the rules and bylaw committee meeting in 2008 um, there was a fight between Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton over accepting Michigan and Florida's votes mm. uh, because they moved their primaries. Um, the DNC was not going to account their votes in the primary. Hillary Clinton decided to contest it. And so it went for the rules and bylaw committee meeting. And that was held at the Omni Shoreham here in Washington, D.C. And it was ugly. Ultimately, oh, wow. Obama ended up winning. But when I tell you it was Hillary Clinton's folks was that's how they ended up with the with the um, the group called Pumas. Uh, and that these were the Hillary Clinton people called Party Unity My ASS. I don't know if I can say <laughs> that. So 
Um, but it was, I mean, that, that's how wild they were. So you're saying, how was it? So it was all part of that, but it was a great time. Like, I, I don't regret it at all. Mm-hmm. I don't regret either vote for Obama, nor do I right. regret um, working on his campaign because that really informs the politics that I have today. So that's why I don't do a lot of, um, you know, I don't try to own yeah. Democrat yeah. or anything like that because from my perspective, you know, you're not going to change my point of view. I've already thought about it. I've right. already thought, you know, to get to this point. It isn't just something just off the cuff. Like I exactly. considered it, you know, and so that's why I try to put thought in what I say. So what it, what I've what I heard from that feedback from that um, uh, walkaway event is that people appreciated that I seemed thoughtful. Yes. And for me, that's what I would rather be thoughtful than just provocative because that's that's a lot you know twitter is a cesspool of yes 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 (laughs) yeah everybody's looking for a viral moment uh Mm -hmm. in 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 those in those instances um and and people like me don't and it makes it difficult for people like me to stand out i mean i've been doing i started media i started my media career um on roland martin's digital show Mm. he had just he had literally i was on his show three weeks after he launched it in 2018 okay so i was there from the beginning so i've like put in the work but because i'm not a provocative person and i don't like seek the headline or associations with different you know, I don't, I'm not in anybody's in crowd, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I've kind of just been on the backside, you know, doing the same thing that I've been doing for years. But, you know, it was that was a good opportunity for people to at least see that, yeah, people like this guy do exist. Now, I have to ask you, because you mentioned that that you worked uh, for Roland Martin. And when I was, you know, in the Democrat when I was on the Democrat side, Roland Martin was probably my favorite news commentator. Um, I, I used to watch him on TV whenever I TV could. TV One. Yeah. Yep, TV One, yes. And, you know, even following him on Twitter. Just aside from the political stuff, man, I used to wait for him to put out his rules for the Super Bowl and, you know, Fourth <laughs> of July weekend for the barbecue and cookout. You know, I just used to look forward to all of that stuff. And I will say, uh, as of as of late, I have kind of gotten disappointed in some of his journalism methods. And and I think what really as I started to change and and kind of think differently about, you know, where I where I landed politically and you start just really paying attention to what is being, you know, fed by the media. Whereas before, I just kind of blindly follow, as you said, everybody in your family is a Democrat. Everybody in my family, at least in my immediate family, for the most part, is my mom. She leans more conservative, but she's not very vocal about it. Um, but, you know, I grew up as a Democrat, you know, my dad, my grandfather, my, you know, both my grandparents, uh, on both my mom and dad's side, they were, you know, they were blue bloods. And, and so when I started to really make my own decisions and started really kind of questioning things, I was like, man, I have to, I have to have some balance so I can't. You know, I've been hearing for years that everybody on Fox is bad. And I thought to myself, well, let me at least hear what they have to say. Since I'm thinking differently, like if I'm not really trusting what CNN and MSNBC are telling me, who do I listen to? Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think that started me on my journey to trying to find, you know, people who were like minded. And I think that was the main thing that I took away from, uh, you know, this journey in terms of, you know, I, I kind of looked at the safety and numbers and uh, where you find people in a group that feel the same way you do. And you start to kind of align with them. And what you, what you mentioned in the walk away campaign was, was evident. Everything that you said was, it was measured 
all the point, the talking points, and you you had you had moments that should have been viral, but because they weren't sexy and all of that, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, it was it was kind of <laughs> like okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I I think I think there were people. I know if I found value in that, I'm, I know that there were others in the audience that watched that found the value in that. And so when it, when it comes to like, how, how do you manage to kind of maintain in, in when you're in that environment where so many people are, when it's not like you basically like a, a free agent where everybody Mm -hmm. else is trying to link up with a certain group. So, um, I'll say this about Roland. So I started there because Roland, he could, he didn't have any conservatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was looking for conservatives. Now, let me clarify, Roland, I didn't work for him because Roland, you, you, he didn't pay people to come on to his panel. You just right. did it voluntarily. Right. And so, um, this guy reached out to me and said, Hey, Roland Martin is doing this digital show. Uh, do you want to go on there? Nobody else wanted to go. Mm. And I was like, uh, okay, I like to yeah. talk. Sure. Yeah. And so I ended up going on there. And most times, I mean, he created a lot of viral moments off of me. I didn't Mm. understand media. I didn't understand social media. I didn't understand YouTube. I didn't understand any of this. So there are a lot of moments that were, I mean, even now, you mean, there there are certain videos that have like million of views Mm. with the both of us going back and forth because unbeknownst to me um you know he he curated these moments uh to deliver a certain product to his audience and mm-hmm. i realized i was a, i i did rolling show at, i went on that one week and then i um was asked to come back and so i had a recurring tuesday slot for almost two years on oh wow show. Yeah. And so, but I'm bringing that up to answer in response to your question, because typically uh, it was a three person panel. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it would be a fourth person. Um, 99% of those times it was three against one or four against one. I was always the conservative. So there was never any other conservative on the panel. And so a lot of times, you know, I was getting talked over, um, you know, that that you would have people that throw little insults here and there. But I bring that up because I learned a lot about media. I learned a lot about delivering a message because typically with me, what it it wasn't that um, I was inconsistent or that I was wrong in anything, you know, it was typically they just didn't, you know, because I can't call you a liar mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or because I can't or because I can't rattle you like I because I can't insult you. And then you get mad. It it would throw people off. Right. Uh, but I but that's how I learned to be measured. And because I realized there were moments where it was just yelling. And mm-hmm. while that makes for great TV. No one hears you. Yeah. And you at the end of the day, you, you know, me with my little small following, I get nothing out of it anyway. So it doesn't it doesn't put any money in my pocket. So why perform? Right. So I've been, you know, so I'm not in any particular group, you know, so even my support for Donald Trump. For some people, the fact that I supported Trump was heresy Mm -hmm. um, for other people. The fact that I was willing to criticize Donald Trump was right. a sign of betrayal. But again, I was never paid by I've never been paid by the Trump team. They don't, you know, they don't pay my rent or mm-hmm. any of that. Right. And so I don't they don't do get my media hits or anything. So I don't feel compelled. Even the art of debate, like I guess as many times as Roland and I went back and forth and even on Twitter. Like he's gone after me on Twitter. People wow. even to this day ask me, why aren't you going back on Roland's show and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but um, I just have no interest in this point because again, he doesn't pay me to do it. Right. Um, but I just, I learned 
an art of debate where it wasn't necessary because I would often get comments from people and they would email us like, oh, well, you know what? I don't agree with you, but I like how you presented it. And that's just not me. It That performing stuff, like I say, it I could probably be on Fox News now mm-hmm. if I did it, but I'm too boring. And that's OK. I don't mind being boring because I prefer being a substantive person. That's yeah. And I think that there's not you know, that's a lot of what's missing in media now is, you know, they they put forth personalities over, you know, um, substance, the, the way you said, if if there's something like I even heard now that, you know, CNN in their struggle to try to, you know, be relevant again in news like they're even they're going the way of, you know, Fox News and they're trying to find a comedian to host, you know, a night show, yeah. a nightly show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, to, to match with Gutfield. And exactly. I don't know who, because that's what it is. I don't know who you're going to get because Gutfield does his own thing. He's, he, and he doesn't try to be the super journalist, news guy. Gutfield, he has your stick. Exactly. And, that, and he sticks with it. Yep, exactly. Gutfield. Exactly. And I think, yeah, so that that that's appreciated, you know, the the substance. And I think, you know, people like myself who are still you know, still consider myself like new to, you know, conservative and still trying to understand the ins and out of it, outs of it. You know, when you have somebody that comes in and speaks with clarity, <clears throat> excuse me, and they, you know, just kind of, they make their point. It's valid. And you're like, okay, I, I yeah, he's right. I, I understand what he said. That was a good point. And you can tell the reaction you know, even even at the debate, you could tell like whenever you you made your point, there was like this quick pause of silence afterwards before they move on to the next one, because everybody's digesting, you know, what was just said and they're internalizing like, oh, OK, that was a, that was a good point. And, you know, where you don't get the oohs and ahs and the big cheers because you just made this, you know, big, you know, viral comment, you know, on the stage. So, mm-hmm. um, I. I I think it was here's here's my here's my rolling moment that really I kind of felt let down, even though I didn't you know, we didn't agree politically. I still respected him, you know, as a journalist because he still, you know, made some valid points. But for me, it was uh, I think it was about a year ago, maybe two. He had um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, King Randall, who's down in Georgia. King Randall, yeah, that was down in 2020. Yes. Yeah, he had King Randall on his show and he tried to turn King Randall into a Trump supporting representative of the Republican Party and conservative movement. I didn't like that at all. I, I thought well, nobody did. And the, and tell you how 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 uh, things work, how God works. Mm-hmm. He, that ended up catapulting. King onto yep. the national stage. It sure did. But Roland tried to do to him because it was so disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, because I think at that point he was 21 years old. Exactly. And so Roland, with all of this experience and ju- as a journalist, his you know name within the black community, he mm-hmm. had this 21 year old on his show, and basically tried to embarrass him. Mm-hmm. And I was so I was so impressed with King, how he and he kept saying, you know, I don't have a problem with any of that. What I'm trying to do, I'm focused on my school. I'm focused on, you know, uh, my boys and all of this. And he kept saying, you you that kid, that's not my lane. I don't have a problem Mm -hmm. with that political stuff. But what I want to do and Roland kept trying to get him to speak for Trump, the Republican Party. And it was such a wasted um, opportunity. But again, like I said, King ended up coming out on top of that because that really did right. put him on the national stage. He really, yeah, he did. Yeah, I, but Roland I thought, was wrong. He, he was, was wrong. yeah, he was wrong. It, this ambush journalism that yeah. it, you know, you come on the show under the the guise of I'm get to talk to Roland Martin about my school that I'm putting together and. 
The first that's a question. Huge thing. Yes. Yeah. You're going on Roland's show. I mean, he's a he's a well known name within black circles. I mean, that's like that's an accomplishment. You yeah. Think. Absolutely. And right out the gate, it was, you know, he was just trying to, to to handcuff him to Republicans. And it was like you could see on King Randall's face. He was like, whoa, like I didn't I didn't come here for this. Like, I, I thought we were right. going to talk about the school. And, and mm-hmm. that was the point that I thought I was just really let down. I said, wow, I said this this was kind of low. And I I just really just decided that, you know what? I have to find other ways and other sources to to get to get the information that I'm looking for. And um it it, it was just disappointing. So I, I wanna ask in 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 your experience, you know, being the only, you know, Republican conservative mind in your family, what what do you think it will take? Or or, or, or let me let me let me phrase it this way. What do you think the biggest misunderstanding is that our community has about what it means to be a re- Republican or conservative? Races. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, races, you know, bigoted, prejudice, um, you know, only care about rich people, you know, all, all, all things negative. And, and right. the same same thoughts that I had about Republican Party before joining. But mm-hmm. it is, a, you know, look, unfortunately, you know, there's a, so yeah, conservatives and Republicans have a huge messaging problem. And I've said this for years, that hasn't changed. They've had a messaging problem um, for years and social media um, and a lot of influencers out there who, you know, they don't always make it easy you know for those of us who are and well let me say this uh there is a difference and i didn't understand it coming in um there is a difference in conservatism conservatives Mm -hmm. and republican Mm -hmm. Uh, on the republican side these are people who are actually vested in growing the republican party right you know they see value in the republican party numbers you know, to see value in numbers. And that is within the context of the Republican Party. There are people who are conservative, who consider themselves independent mm-hmm. uh, or but, and don't necessarily advocate on behalf of the Republican Party. They advocate on behalf of conservatism, you know, conservative principles. And right. so those are the Democrats don't have that sort of dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Because if you are a liberal, you know, you're a Democrat by default, you know, there is no like independent liberal. You know, right. just, yeah, you just, that's yeah, you that's right. Democrat. And so those two, because those two, that di- dichotomy on the Republican side, because it exists, you have people in that conservative space who just wow out, just say mm-hmm. stuff out of their mouths that they should not be, be saying. And they are amplified, yes. you know, by the tens of the thousands. And so they become the face of conservatism. Yes. Yeah. You it's know. the loudest voices. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, and I've, I've said this before in any, in any topic, if, if there is, an error in messaging it's the loudest voices that people are paying attention to that's going to continue to further that message the error in that message and if it's the voices that you know like how you you know you gave your example that you speak in a more you know substantive you know well thought out measured you know um way of of maneuvering those are the voices that need to be put forth so that they can, you know, kind of fight against, you know, all the noise, cut through the noise that's, you know, kind of causing a lot of confusion. And I've I've noticed this for myself, like just being new, you know, to this, the infighting among Republicans and conservatives mm-hmm. and these splintered mm-hmm. cells and these these different sects and fractured groups, 
And I just look at it like you look at Democrats and liberals, they are consistently on message. And yeah. if they if they are fighting, they're doing it behind closed doors. But we, you know, conservatives, it's it's known like we you know, we make it known like, oh, I don't agree with you on this method or this method and that method. And it's like, OK, this is the problem. This is why we don't reach the numbers that we don't you know, we can't get leverage in society because People see the infighting and they say, why would I get involved with that when they can't even get along with each other? Absolutely. And it is a it's much more difficult on our side because you have people, you know, where, you know, you're either a rhino Mm -hmm. or, you know, I've been told that I'm a rhino. I've been told that I'm not conservative enough. I've been told that I'm too conservative. (laughs) I mean, and my thing is that, you know, so I'm no longer, especially politically, allowing people to put me in a box right. to tell me what I have to be, you know, in order to be, you know, to hang with, you know, with the cool crowd. Right. And so I don't seek that type of cool, you know, attention to like to be down with the people. And so, which is why I say, you know, I'm willing to, you know, criticize where I think it's appropriate, but the infighting that mm-hmm. I, the responses even that I've had from, when I've like tried to reach out to other, you know, conservatives and Republicans, it's, it's, uh, you know, (laughs) 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 it has not been, um, and and the, and the unfortunate thing is that I'm really talking about black conservatives because my response, like I've met with U S senators, I've met with their staff, you know, a number of them, and I've done it on my own without going through any organization. I reached out to them personally. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, had like Zoom virtual meetings with them. I've done all of this on my own without going through these channels that everybody expected me to go through. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of for a, for a number of Republicans, me coming in. I was just a Trump Republican. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, oh, you came in with you, one of those Trump ones. And so a lot of people <laughs> dismissed me because they just said, well, you just came around. They not knowing any, not actually having had any conversations with me, right. not knowing anything about how I got to, you know, there are people now and they say, oh, you know, oh, I thought you were just one of those really hardcore Trump ones, like, because you just haven't paid attention. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not saying anything different that I haven't always said, but it's easy for people to paint you as something. But what I'll say to you, you know, and I'll say to you and the same thing I've said to other people, um, your journey is your journey. So don't let anyone define mm-hmm. or don't let anyone um, project their version of conservative to you, because yeah. I've been told that I'm not conservative because I may like certain people or Mm -hmm. I like or don't like certain things or because I'm not a fan of certain people. Like I'm not a fan of certain, you know, I wasn't a fan of Carrie Lake. Well, how could Mm -hmm. you not be a conservative and not be a fan of Carrie Lake? Well, the same way I'm not a fan of Ron DeSantis. Well, how could you be a uh, Trump? You know, you supported Trump and you're a conservative and you're not a fan of Ron DeSantis. Right. Because I'm not a fan of Ron DeSantis. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we we get lumped in very, very quickly. Uh, And and it's like you said, because you haven't been paying attention. And, you know, it's it really is. It's unfortunate that we live in an age where, you know, people would rather make assumptions than than just simply ask the question or have the conversation. And I think a lot of that is people are not people are not willing to have the conversation because they you know, nobody wants their boat rocked. You know what I mean? In mm-hmm. terms of of having, you know, being exposed to, you know, new information. And I had a pastor say something years and years ago. Uh, this was way before I even started on this this journey. And he said that you have to become the truth that you hear. Mm-hmm. And and that is something that I have that has stuck with me for years. And it tells me that you know what? The truth is the truth, whether I like it or not. And I have to make a choice yeah. to to learn to live with it, to accept it 
you know, or, you know, live in a state of, you know, willful ignorance. And a lot of people are making a choice to live in that willful ignorance. And then you have those group, you know, the silent majority of people that just don't want to talk about it because they don't want to risk the scrutiny mm-hmm. and the backlash that that comes along with it. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest problems in our community uh, where, you know, people are afraid because, you know, our community is so deep blue that when you step outside of that, it's, it's, it's an immediate betrayal. And, you know, I, I said to somebody, you know what, you guys look at, you know, Republicans and conservatives and you say, we need more black people. And, you know, I don't trust the, I don't trust them because there's not enough black people. But when black people get involved, they're instantly labeled as coons and sellouts. And so Man, that is a um, obviously you're preaching to the choir. Right. And what people fail to, you know, when you have 90 percent, virtually, especially at a presidential level, 90 percent, nine out of every 10 black person you meet will mm-hmm. vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. The largest the largest partisan voting bloc in American history. And the only uh, ethnic group that consistently only, votes. Yeah. The own at, at at such high at the highest number out mm-hmm. of every ethnic group. Out of every ethnic group. Um, you know, it is a it's and and I and I have this conversation with my um, friends who are Democrats when they say, oh, well, you know, you're different. And I would say, well, I, I'm not different. There are plenty of people just like me. It's nothing special about me because they'll go and say, well, you know, you're not Candace or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I always tell them that you guys never even defend the ones that you say are good. I said, right. so when hmm. when Uncle Tim start, <laughs> starts trending, you don't say anything. Tim Scott has wow. never come out and said, you know, he's never been disparaging. He's never been never. disrespectful. He's never been any of the things that you say that you complain about. But when when your black Twitter mm-hmm. um, starts trending Uncle Tim, you know, you don't say anything. You don't say anything at all. And so I have, you know, I always push back on them is that as much as you say that you, you know, oh, we just only if you know, Candish would shut up mm-hmm. that, oh, well, things would be different. No, no, that's actually not true because your voting patterns still don't change right. irrespective of who the messenger is. Um, so it's a long term strategy when it comes to building out the re- like making the Republican Party and conservative movement attractive because they're within that conservative and Republican space there's a whole lot of people who don't like each other. Yeah. Oh man. And it's, they don't it's respect evident. each other. You know, the grad, you know, the people who consider themselves the grassroots, Oh, they hate the RNC and the RNC doesn't necessarily like the grassroots. And then you have the social media influencers who don't like the establishment. They're not involved in growing the Republican party, but they are railing against the Republican Party establishment, like it is just a, you know, it goes to what you said about all of the infighting mm-hmm. and everything. So that's how you end up, you know, losing a Senate seat in Georgia. That's how you yeah. end up losing a Senate seat in Pennsylvania, because those those conservative influencers, those black conservatives, actually, the um, what is his name? The ex-former football player, Jack, whatever his name Jack Bre- uh, Brewer, Jack Brewer, and yes. Congress- Congressman Byron Donalds out of Florida, they were throwing their support behind Kathy Barnett mm. out of Pennsylvania. Kathy yeah. Barnett was the woman who said that pedophilia was a cornerstone of Islam. Mm. Um, <laughs> that this is somebody who talked about Barack Obama, black woman, uh, right. a sister, talked mm-hmm. about Barack Obama being Muslims. Well. She ended up having a more competitive race in, um, you know, Pennsylvania, which brought down, um, made the race between Oz and I can't think of Fetterman. 
well, the in the primary. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because the other, I can't think of what the number two game, but Oz only beat him by like 0.6%. Right. But he was a much better candidate. But because of Kathy Barnett's performance in the race, she pulled votes away from both mm-hmm. of them. But, mm-hmm. you know, the thing is, is that there are, like, so those type of things, you know, we should be able to say, well, no, Herschel Walker, Nope, should have just no. never been in the race. No. He should have no. just never been in the race. But when I was telling people this at the beginning, you're not a conservative. You're yes. a rhino. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, but he's shown <clears throat> no interest in politics. And as we saw, no political agility no. at all. Now, to no. his credit, you know, he ended up not losing by, he, you know, lost by a much smaller margin. But right. He should have never been the candidate, but that's the person that they said, yep, he's our guy. Yeah, I didn't I didn't agree with that. And and it's it's funny because some, when you talk, you have conversations with some people and they just again, they assume that you support whoever right. the Democratic Republican Party put. Yeah, just because. <laughs> and so I had to tell somebody like, oh, well, like, you must like. Hersha- yeah, exactly. You, you so you support Herschel Walker, and then when I say no, he's not who I would have chosen. They get confused, and it's like right. you know, it's like they don't know how to respond. And so, for me, you know, just just for me, I thought, uh, I thought Vernon Jones would have been a little bit more competitive, um, but. At the same time, I didn't know who else was out there. I knew that he had thrown his name out. He was interested mm-hmm. in that seat and he was running. And then you had Herschel Walker that was everywhere. And then that next thing you know, you saw Vernon Jones just kind of fade to just quiet. And I thought, okay. And I was, <laughs> yeah. from, I was from, from, see, I was familiar with Vernon Jones because I lived in Atlanta for 10 years. And oh, wow. when I lived there, he was the DeKalb County Commissioner for all of uh-huh. the time that I lived in Atlanta. And so, um, but it's it's to me, it's just, you know, people who are on the left, it's like they can't believe that, you know, well, well, you didn't, what do you mean you don't support Herschel Walker or well, who are this, you know? And and to hear somebody say, oh, I really don't, I don't rock with Ron DeSantis like that. You know, I like him as a, I think he's good, you know, for Florida. he's good for Florida. And <laughs> would he be good for America? I'm not, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know, but. The answer is no from me. <laughs> right? And I consistently said it and, and I called it now and it makes them mad because, you know, I, I used to, I used to um, have a, like on Twitter, definitely. Um, I used to have more engagement until I mm-hmm. made it known that I am not a DeSantis person. So now I call them the DeSantians. Yeah. Then... <laughs> <laughs> but no, but like, even with him, like, I think he's great for Florida. I don't think that he should, I don't think that he should be the standard bearer for mm-hmm. the Republican party on a national stage. I just think we right. have much better talent. As I've told many people before, my number one candidate, like if I if I could, you know, change the world, if I had a wish and I could make somebody president, that person would be Tim Scott. Yeah, I can I can see that. I can yeah, see that. I, I like interesting. Tim Scott. I like Tim Scott, but more than likely, um, Donald Trump is going to win the <laughs> the yeah. Republican primary, yeah. and I'll I'll end up voting for Donald Trump. I don't right. detect. You know, I voted for him twice already, but right. You know, I I I'm expecting to vote for him, but I don't have to just like love Ron DeSantis. I actually like um, Brian Kemp. Mm, okay. I actually like Brian Kemp, okay. and technically, if you think about it, Brian Kemp actually had, even though Ron DeSantis beat Charlie Chris by a larger margin. To me, uh, Brian Kemp had a more competitive run win because mm-hmm. Brian Kemp r- had to run not just against Stacey Abrams; he had to run against Donald Trump. Yes, and yeah, Ron DeSantis that's true. didn't have to do that. Yeah, uh, that's true. Ron, yeah, Ron DeSantis won against Charlie Crist, who is a former Republican turned independent, independent Democrat. Right, like he should have beat yeah. Charlie Crist. 
<laughs> right, right. Yeah, he should have. Three different parties. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and, and here's the thing. I think what people don't, I feel like where, where government is concerned, everybody has a role to play. And mm-hmm. we need good governors in every state. Yeah. And so when it's, it's, it's interesting that when, when a governor is well-liked in their state, and they're popular in their state and their state is doing well. You start hearing their names so much and and the the RNC Mm -hmm. will put these people forth and you can tell who the favorites are like, okay, so I know that everybody, they like Christy Nome. They keep Mm -hmm. putting her forward. You know, they like her, you know, um, Abbott is always, you hear his name quite a bit, you know, he's, he's fighting against, you know, what's happening. So Mm -hmm. my thing is, I think the people of Florida, would rather see Ron DeSantis stay in Florida and continue to do what he's doing than to see him, you know, leave because they don't know what they're going to get next. Um, and, and to me, I feel like we need to kind of move away from that. If they're a shining star, you know, it just tells me the pool of, of candidates is just like out of 340 million people in America, you know, and I think that was the reason why I definitely wasn't, I felt the same way you felt about the Clintons and just changing my registry to independent when the 2016, you know, election cycle started, I had no intention of voting for Donald Trump, but that field, the candidate field was so large. It sure was. As they started to drop. Yeah, it, it was, it was huge. But one thing I knew, I wasn't voting for Hillary. That was that, that was too. out of the question. <laughs> it was no, it was no way whatsoever I was voting for her. Um, so <clears throat> I think Donald Trump was something different. And it really made me think now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back here and I'm trying to watch the time so we can, you know, I don't I don't keep you too long, but um what the way I looked at when I looked at Donald Trump and the the information that he put forth. I remember as a kid when Ross Perot ran against George Bush. Wow. And everybody talked about Ross Perot. He was the butt of all the jokes on all the Mm -hmm. late night, you know, he was this billionaire businessman and, you know, he didn't know what he was talking about and getting in the government. And I started looking back. I said, I wonder if he really did know what he was talking about. But as a kid, obviously I didn't care about mm-hmm. politics back then, you know, but when I looked at Donald Trump and I saw his perspective on, you know, running the country, I thought about it. I said, he's coming from the business sector, a successful business right. sector. So his mentality is completely different. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's kind of what I aligned with because he was outside of the box and I felt yeah. like, okay, well, he's new to this. I'm new to this. I like what he's saying. So let me just kind of, let me, let me go with, I, I like what he's saying. I like Donald Trump, you know? Um, and for me, it was the moment in the debate when he told, he told Hillary, you know, if I was in charge, you, you'd be in jail. You know? <laughs> you'd be so, in jail. Right? <laughs> and 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 when he said that, I thought in a very flippant, you know, just very just they dismissive kind of way. Right. <laughs> right. I said to myself, because I had just, I think about a week before that, I was talking to a coworker and they were talk, we were talking about what Hillary did and you know, so on and so forth with the emails and so on and so forth. And I told somebody, I said, at the very least, if I did that, I would have lost my job at the very yeah. least. Oh, most definitely. You know, so I said for, for for her to have done what she did and nothing happened to her. I said, I no, that's not that's not right. That's I can't I can't roll with that at all. So it, it really is. Uh, it, it has been interesting. And I appreciate you saying, you know, you know, that advice to not let anybody project their conservatism on me because more and more I'm finding that I have to find my own way because, yes. you know, so many people are saying so many different things and it's kind of like, all right, I need to. Because they're trying to, and that, and that is what, because, and what's what I, you know, if I'm, you know, talking to a groups or people are giving it, you know, we're in the mode of trying to teach people what it means to be a conservative. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's something that you get, you don't teach ideology. No. It's something that's within you. Yes. And so you, that, and it will manifest 
itself in different ways. You may support certain things. You may have positions the or you're no, you don't feel as strong on positions as other people. Like I think that certain, you know, when it comes to um, certain elements of certain discussions around critical race theory and mm-hmm. trans stuff, you know, I'm like, yeah, I live in Washington, D.C. So, right. Right. You know, it is a, a liberal enclave. So all I'm not I'm already exposed to this stuff, so I'm not as turned off on it. That's kind of why I think that Ron DeSantis is, is a good social, con, you know, social conservative, like a conservative mm-hmm. warrior, like a social conservative warrior. Right. You know, more so on that type of thing. And that's just not me. But like, yeah, define it yourself, because if you start to try to adopt to someone else's vision of what it what that means for you you're never going to please them Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're going to you're going to become frustrated and yeah you're going to become frustrated so that's great advice own path yeah and and i say this to everybody yeah that's great advice for what if well if you're a conservative this is what you would do yeah (laughs) Right. So, so here's here's the last question. I I'll, I'll get you out on this. When you you think about your the path that you've taken from, you know, volunteering with the Obama campaign up to where you are now, what do you wish you would have known looking back? I wish I would have known that. Um, well, I won't say that I wish I would have known. What I wish I had better prepared for was the possibility of losing long-term relationships. Mm, man. Because wow. that that happened um, with a... I'm talking... Mm, over the period of maybe 2017 to 2019, I lost most of the friends that I had. Wow, man. The, those that I've known for like over, you know, 10 years or so. Right, right. Yeah. So like just the, the <laughs> mental, the the mental preparation of like losing like it just didn't mm-hmm. even dawn on me right. that like and not because there was a disagreement mm-hmm. or there was a conversation had these relationships just ended because I was supporting Donald Trump. Yeah, that's shameful. And yeah, I mean so but other than that um you know, I I am appreciative of the journey and I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, you know, I'm, I and I will continue to evolve even right. in this space that I am. But one thing that I'll continue to be is a message, is a messenger, so that I may continue to demystify what it is to be conservative and Republican. I think that's a that's a great great way to end uh, the conversation. That was spot on. Uh, I'm really glad that I reached out to you. I'm even more excited that you agreed to have this conversation with me. Um, Listen, if you're on social media, please look up Malik Abdul. He's a great follow. You heard the conversation here today. You heard his heart. And oh, and tell it, it's it's Malik with an E, M E L I K. Yes, yes, (laughs) yeah, yes. So. Absolutely. And 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 this this was just great. And I, I'm 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 glad that we had this conversation. Uh, I hope that I will I'll be able to get you to come back in the future to have another discussion. Maybe, you know, in the future we can have a targeted uh, discussion, because uh, at one point, based on the conversation, I did want to get your opinion on Tyree Nichols and that everything that comes with that. When I mean that, I mean okay. the, you know the George Floyd and so on and so forth. All right. But um, we we can we'll we'll put a pin in that for now. Um, Sounds good. Yes. So thank you again, everybody that's listening. Please uh, share the.
podcast with your family and friends. If you have any questions, you can email me your comments, your feedback at uncommonsensewithkt at gmail.com. And everybody, you know, you know what I say, how I end every podcast, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, remember that common sense is uncommon. Thank you very much. Thank you.